follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows. So welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Hi, Jen. Hi. Uh, I went to two different sex clubs in the last uh, week and a half. Two? Two. Not just last, the one last night, like another one? Yeah, not just the one last night. I was torn as to whether or not I was going to name the actual venues, but I think in the interest of being specific and helpful to our listeners around the country, I'll say that I went to the Green Door in Vegas last week and Pravada in Portland last night and had two very different experiences, which is fine. What? I want to hear. <laughs> so I was in Vegas with B, or we were there last week together, and um, it was very empty in there. Uh, the admission was, we paid as a couple, and I think it was like 50 or 60 bucks. Um, That's a lot of money for an empty club. You know what? And I think part of the reason maybe they charged so much is because it was dead in there. It was a Thursday, and it was like... Let's see. We originally showed up at nine and they're like, hey, you don't even want it. There's nobody here, you guys. We're like, OK, well, can we come back if we get stamped? They said, yes, yeah. so we come back at midnight. There was a triad, like two men and a woman and they were doing their own thing. And I mean, like it sounds rude, but, you know, when you just glance at someone, you're like, I'm not interested. Yeah. You know, so we weren't interested and they were doing their own thing. So they didn't need us. Um, and then there was like the three solo dudes just walking around. And what I didn't like about the green door was, first of all, there's no, I couldn't find any areas where you can go and like close a door. Like you, there's little enclaves of privacy, but there's no absolute privacy. Okay. They also didn't have alcohol. They don't serve alcohol there. One of the things I like about Pravada is that the second and the third floor are like couples only. I think it's the third floor uh one of like they have differentiation so like you can't go to one of the floors unless you're either with a couple or you're a woman and they do that to prevent the guys walking around Beating following you to, right right <laughs> so okay. and uh so at the green door we found a little spot me and b we're like well i think we could already tell like we're probably not going to play with anyone else because there's no one else here really um but let's just sit and like you know we paid 60 bucks let's just take in the environment so we sit in our little zone and it's dark and there's like green lights and fish tanks and what fake, was the music like i don't even remember fake plants and shit it's pretty kooky um but it wasn't like a place i looked around where i'm like nah i've had sex in worse places <laughs> i wouldn't not fucking here um so we're sitting and within two and a half minutes three different people came into the room and walked across and sat down about maybe as far away as you are from me right now, like four or five feet, just sat down like hands folded and just watching us. And we're not doing anything. B and I are sitting there fully clothed, like talking quietly. So they were sitting down to see if they could witness a scene unfold, which is totally fine. But like no chill at all. Like stay across the room, you know, 
like you're four feet away from us <laughs> i'm there's not even alcohol here <laughs> yeah, that sounds really awful so we just after I the mean, third just person not sexy <laughs> no it it really wasn't and what i said because i'm leading this interaction because b's like i've never gone to a sex club i don't know what the etiquette is and i just said no thank you and for each person it was they were like okay and they got up and left but this happened three times in a row <laughs> in less than two minutes oh no so he looks at me he says do you want to just go I'm like yeah so Pravada last night um I went with a woman I just met and I'm not gonna lie I've been attracted to her since I met her and she had mentioned she likes to go to sex clubs and I said oh I just went to one in Vegas and it wasn't a great time I would love to go out again you look like you want to ask me something <laughs> I mean, I want to know all the shit that happened. <laughs> um, definitely, you should go to the one in Portland. There's a few. You know, we've had our guests on. Like, um, I might as well just name other ones in Portland. There's Velvet Rope. There's Catalyst. Um, Sesso is closed, right? Pravada is where Sesso was. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So Ron Jeremy was some like, he was just like a face to a former sex club and then he's no longer involved but i heard he was a douche yeah, um i'll pass I'll yeah him. so the one i like about this is there's varying levels of privacy also if anyone happens to be thinking of opening a sex club or they just want to give feedback the thing i didn't like about green door right off the bat was when i looked at all the beds they were like plasticky like surfaces they were plasticky surfaces like which means that when they're cleaned they're wiped Whereas at Pravada, it's bed sheets that are changed. So I'm like, I don't want to be on a wiped surface. I want to be on a laundered surface. Right. I mean, do they change it right after yes. everybody has, yes. like, is there people on hand to change There's, that shit? So I'm like, what if I'm like the third person in an hour? That's both venues had monitors, like marked monitors um, and posted signs like, you know, you can approach someone once when they say no, don't approach them again. The The rules were very, very similar. And I thought that was great. Um, some of it seemed a little discriminatory, <laughs> but it also made sense, such as they charge solo males more because there's more of them. And they're trying to encourage women to come in. <laughs> Nobody wants right. to. I mean, even the dudes aren't mostly going to be there, want to be there if it's a bunch of dudes. So it's just like any other bar. How do you encourage the women to come in? Well, lower the price, ladies night, you know, just in general. So I liked that we went in one room and pulled the curtains. And I, I mean, I don't want to go into like the personal details because I don't have to, but we had a really, really rad time. And I got to reacquaint myself with a vagina because it's been it's been a few years since I've had sex with someone who has a vagina oh okay so because I know you've been on some dates with some other ladies yeah but, but nothing, nothing progressed that, yeah nothing that got that far mm -hmm. ah, so okay. B was thrilled because he's like yes you deserve it go have fun um I had not negotiated but I had set my own boundaries. I had like voiced them to him. I said, I'm going to have at most one drink. I'm going to be home by this time. I'm going to text you probably by this time. Um, I'm going to park my car here. You know, like mm -hmm. all the safety stuff is in place. Um, I said, I don't expect sex to happen, but are you okay with it happening with her or anyone else? He says, use your judgment. I trust your judgment. Go have fun. You deserve it. Huh. And I saw a lot of sex. <laughs> hot with hot. Were there hot people? There, there? were hot people. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
there were hot people. There were people that I was again like I think we do we know pretty quickly if you would have sex with someone, not that you right. are going to, but like a first date, you can usually glance at someone and be like there's a there's a area of yes, you know, right, and yeah, no. That, that if their personality is really good, you're yeah. I'm going to fuck you one day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and what I've noticed is if you don't want to um initiate if you don't want it to be if you want it to be less awkward just keep your eyes a little lower don't lock eyes with everyone when you're walking around because <laughs> I mean we were two femmes that I mean we're two femmes together so automatically people were like hello hello and same thing I said oh no thank you and a guy said to me I saw him he was wearing a t-shirt which I was surprised I'm like they let you in in that t-shirt but he was scanning he turned you can always tell when someone is focused on someone else because their torso, their hips will point in the direction they're, they're focused. If they're attracted, watch where someone's pelvis turns. If there's like a group of people and you know, there's sexual tension between a couple of them, see if their pelvises are pointing at each other. Interesting. It's yeah. It's like, it's like a directional pull, like a groinal thing. So I see his whole like body turn towards us. I'm like, Oh God. So I turned mine inward. I turned my shoulder like across myself and I'm holding my drink and turn my face to the wall and he came over he's like hi and I just said no thank you and he paused and he said thank you for saying that because I didn't want to have to waste a bunch of time trying to get to know you ladies qualifier in there yeah well, yeah he was yeah he's wearing a t-shirt so I don't care <laughs> um what do you want like, most welcome. of the people to dress like go in I there mean, there, there's no dress code so there is a dress I mean, code at I don't know both why locations and I don't remember so he felt rejected they were and again it seems very discriminatory um so, and I can't speak to that because I don't ha- know how they run that business. But uh, like I said, they had a themed night. So there were a lot of people uh, in neon and partying and we we're mostly black. But so fucking a pussy is so cool. <laughs> um, I feel like they just, if you can figure out how they're communicating with you. So, and I also got to check in with myself as far as like what I've learned about vaginas, vulvas, um, since I started down my path to sex education, but having had sex with people with pussies since I was a teenager, like, you know, I learned on my girlfriends, a lot of us. So, um, but it's cool because like I, I noticed, I was like, Oh my God, your clit is fucking enormous right now. And she was having no problem lubricating and, I it was cute every time I looked at her she had a smile on her face everything was negotiated so because we've never hooked up before the way it started was she said you said to me lately Elle that you've been wanting more feminine touch in your life would you like to go in a room with me and I said yes I would thank you for asking (laughs) so we started to go in a room and this is again where I say a little like discretion of the staff they're like hey ladies uh, that's the VIP suite. And we're like, oh, sorry, we didn't know. We're just looking for a room with a door. And the the staff guy was like, it's okay. You can go in there. We're like, are we breaking a rule? Like, does it cost money? He's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay. It sounds like it's not, but I'm just going to go, whatever. <laughs> so we go in a little room and um, she said, what did she say? But it was basically like everything was negotiated. It was would you like to paint my tits with the neon paint? You know, would you, can I play with your hair? Would you be interested in kissing? And so that's when I was like, all right, it's like things like she wants to kiss me. So I think things are 
going to happen. And then she said, can I take my pants or my skirt off or pants or whatever? And she said, I've never gone down on a person with a vagina. Um, Really? Yeah. She said, would you be able to guide me? Oh. And I was like, oh, shit. Did not see this girl. (laughs) <laughs> was that, it was like a pretty rapid succession. Can I kiss you? Um, can I? It was. Can I suck your pussy? Thank you. It was not. No. It was. It was a slow succession of a lot of negotiated um, touching and a lot of scissoring, and it was great. And also, we've had conversation beforehand. Um, she made a joke last week about using chapstick or sharing chapstick of mine and I said well do you get cold sores and we're like oh we each have HSV1 so we had already compared which STIs we've had and I was like I have HPV and like so she already knows my sexual history and I already know hers and I was like yes so (laughs) it was cool everything was negotiated Um, pussies are amazing and I noticed and this I did not expect and we'll go to break soon but having sex with someone with a vagina reminded me how much I have learned about penises and how homologous they can be um, in terms of nerve density. So labia, the outer labia, the big, Mm -hmm. big ones, outer ones, um, those are pretty similar in nerve density to scrotal sac tissue. Okay. Okay. So I know that when I am rubbing a certain way, it might feel similarly good, you know, on, a, on another person. Um, but I went to the clitoris, like the way your clitoris is set in your body. You only see part of it poking out. Right. If you and see then it the rest all. of it kind of comes. Goes down either goes side down. of the labia. Like prongs or something. I yeah. Think it basically like, yeah. looks like a little tree. But so I knew that when I put my hand and I could feel how swollen her entire clitoris was. I was like, oh, my God, yes. You know, like it was these like affirmations of like, this is good. This is a positive. But it was also a weird combo of like my science knowledge. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, her clitoris is down here. I'm like, you're so swollen. So, oh, my God, it was really cool. And it made me think of this book called Fucking Trans Women, a zine about the sex lives of trans women by Mira Bellwether. And there was a big old page I got super stoked about. There's a ton of information in this zine. I definitely recommend anybody who is interested in cocks or trans women or both check it out because there's stuff like, oh, the pudendal nerve that we all have is a bunch of nerve clusters that go through the taint area. Um, It causes ejaculation. It branches out to the prostate and the clit or the penis. Like we're so similar down there in so many ways. And people get really psyched out about like, oh, I've never fucked someone with a dick or a pussy. Like, it's okay. They're different, but we're all so similar. So, yay. Yay. Well, I'm glad that you got to have some fun. Oh my God. It was so validating. Ugh, it's so hard to like, I feel like it's so hard for me to have sex with women without feeling like I'm going to. In- okay. Again, like, I think I'm expected to be the one to initiate and lead the situation because mm-hmm. my background is in sex stuff and. I don't always want to be. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, I ended up taking some of the pressure off of her. Um, we did not get to her going down on me, which was fine because I wanted to just take care of things. So, and it was cool because pleasure was shared. I squirted Wait, so all over the place. She didn't do it. She didn't do it, which is fine. No, no, I don't care, dude. I squirted all over the place. She 
finger fucked the shit out of me. That was the other thing. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to use your mouth. I'm having a great time. And when I was driving home, I started laughing because I think that's the first time I've had sex in a long time where my pussy wasn't licked and no dick went inside me, but I came a ton. <laughs> okay so i have i feel like we might have talked about this in a show at some point and i can't remember but like can everybody squirt not not everybody can squirt probably probably the internet says everybody can squirt i think that's an ideal yeah i don't think so i don't i never have okay yeah and that's fine remember we talked about the cadavers it might have been episode 19 but they did a study of it was that turkish study Uh, of so many uh yeah uh, cadavers and some of them just didn't have the little zone where they expected the cluster of nerves and um, tissue to be that would be a g-spot I swear sometimes I feel like I'm going to but then it's just like not it's just like do you feel like you're gonna pee a little bit okay. or you just feel like literally like you're gonna explode but it's just so still like push, an orgasm push bear down <laughs> bear down squeeze down think like you're think like you're peeing but not out your pee hole if that makes sense Think like you're peeing, but out of your vagina. Bear down and push. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll try. <laughs> Let's go to break. <laughs> Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. Strange Bedfellows is also brought to you by Black Bulb Podcast. If you've ever wondered about the deeper meaning behind some of today's art, why not hear from the artists themselves? Your hosts, Alex and Ben, collect influential artists of the West Coast to discover how they seek inspiration, how they handle mental health, and how to make a living as an artist in today's digital world. All discussed on Black Bulb Podcast. That's black like the color and bulb like a light bulb. Strange Bedfellows is sponsored in part by Comic Strip. This original Funhouse Lounge show is still the hottest ticket in town. Four of the best local and traveling comics take the stage and tell their jokes. And each time the strip master rings the bell, the comic must remove an article of clothing to continue their set. It's barely funny. Hosted by the talented, hot mess that is Chris Etrick. Comic Strip is every last Friday of every month at Funhouse Lounge, located in sexy Portland, Oregon. Visit purplepass.com slash comic strip for discounted pre-sale tickets. The show is 21 plus and follow them on Instagram at comic strip PDX. 
Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Visit us, strangebedfellowspdx.com. Stands for Portland PDX. I don't know why. I don't know who decided that. Uh, visit us on patreon.com forward slash strangebedfellows. I just got interviewed for a local publication about the show, which was delightful. And the journalist brought up the fact that we are not searchable on Patreon's website because we're adult content. Mm. So you have to know the URL in order to enter it. Um, Fun stuff. So I had an ethical conundrum come up also in the last week. It's been a busy week. (laughs) Yes, it has. (laughs) It sure has. Uh, So I found myself in a coffee shop. I looked up the barista was was the girlfriend or the live in partner of someone I had had a brief sexual, mostly sexting relationship with a couple ish years ago before I met B. Um, so a lot of things have fallen into place and new information has come to me in that time since I stopped sexting with that person. We hooked up. A time and a half. We had penis and vagina sex once. We had like other types of touch the other time, but it was like interrupted. I found out that they had been severely omitting the fact that they had a live-in partner who oh. probably didn't know about me. That's pretty fucked up. And I would not have participated in this if I knew that. So I've been that woman. I've been that woman who's been contacted by other women partners um to be like you don't know about me but here I am now make this decision so I was faced with this like heart pounding like okay I don't want to scare this woman but I I have to tell her because I want someone to tell me and I'm not trying to necessarily get him in trouble but it's also come to my knowledge that this is like a pattern and one of the things I figured out when I started seeing this person was when we would be chatting and he would recall a, a story or something from Mm -hmm. his childhood, he could produce a photo to reference it like very quickly because some people who are serial daters and juggle multiple trysts and do this like constantly, they have folders of photos that they just recycle, use, and they tell the same stories over and over again. That's really interesting. I have noticed this. I've watched partners do it. Like, you know, when you go to parties and your partner starts telling that story that they tell, that cocktail story that they tell that one I've had. Oh part- God. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm kind of remembering from the last guy I dated had a little, he had a little bag he'd pulled out of and I'd People be like, do that oh, when they boy. date, or, or the analogy is like, Oh, he's making the fucking captain Picard analogy. <laughs> <laughs> The baseball analogy in fucking times. Right. So people do that when they date too, but it's not genuine. They're not like necessarily opening up. They're like, here's this tidbit about me that I think is interesting. That other women have responded positively to and paint me to be lawyers do it in front of juries too. If you, if you do enough cases with enough lawyers and they have during Voidir. Yeah. Interesting thing. Voidir is um, the the jury selection process and Mm. that's your time. Uh, Sorry, a little legal sideline here. That's Please. your time for the attorney. The two things happen. Like, um, unless you're on a case with a big paid jury consultant, I or one of the other legal team usually sits and watches the voidier and kind of watches people. The jury but, selection yeah, to figure you out watch, who's being selected. Yeah. So you know I, what I you're mean, up Usually against. it happens really quickly. But if you have, um, if it's a big case and it's kind of contested, you'll get little breaks and you'll kind of confer with the lawyer about like, hey, I don't like 
number 15 they're on their phone or like this mm. guy you know but the void year is the chance when the lawyers can like share a little bit about themselves and kind of have some show some flair and Bonk. they're smart they joke with them and like mm-hmm. i have some attorneys that have some great little ruses that they use to just seem mm-hmm. likable and it works mm-hmm. and you're like here it comes <laughs> yeah i'm like oh they're gonna talk about their dog yep so like here we go so all of this has has come there's been so much like information i've just learned about this person and like what i can infer and so i wrote a note to her and i'm going to paraphrase it because i don't have it in front of me i posted a picture of it on the patreon if anyone wants to look uh go find it (laughs) but i was basically like hi my name is l i dated so and so on these dates for this amount of time i was not aware that you were cohabitating and partnered um i feel i basically said if you want to talk to me for more information i'm happy to do so here's my contact info i want the women that he's having sex with to have all of the information for the sex they're having with him to be consensual is what i said and i definitely stuck that in there because if you are omitting information or hiding something in order to get someone to have sex with you they are not consenting because they're not consenting based on all the information. So I felt pretty fucking violated, you know. Uh, She was very angry at me. So I wrote this note down. I went up to her. I said, hi, we have a mutual contact. I'd like to give this to you. She says, okay, thank you. I said, thank you. I feel terrible. So I leave. I shoot out of the coffee shop. I'm like, okay. She's reading it. I get a call a couple hours later. Homeboy quit his job because he's probably fucking one of the girls he was working with. And the note was presented to him. So he's a serial fucking liar. Oh, God. I know. So I'm thinking like, okay, I did the right thing. Like she didn't know about me, you know, and and obviously something's going on at work. So I felt like this giant catalyst. And then I get a response email from her. She says, I know that you I know who you are and what you purport yourself to be. I went to or I graduated with a she says she graduated with a feminist studies degree or something. She went to feminist studies class school and she's a feminist and how. okay, so I'm like, that's interesting. Great. Uh, She said, how could you. What was the word she used? She said, how could you basically bombard me at my work like that? How could you do that to someone? Um, she said, he and I are in a much better place these days than we were back then. No, I don't want to talk to you. Um, leave us alone. To be fair, I maybe would have not chosen to give her the note at work. I thought about that and I felt guilty about it. However, I don't have her online contact information Uh, at all. Mm. And I also don't like shit being screen capped. I know you can take a photo of a note, but it felt more personal and intimate. Right, right. Um, I, I, it was a choice where I was like, I don't, I don't think she's going to like this. This is either going to be a note where she's like, oh, I know he was fucking other women and I don't care. Ha ha, silly girl. I'm not well, mad. And you weren't going to come out of this being buddies. No. You're like, thanks for cluing me in friend. Well, you want to grab a drink sometime? No, I've done that. Really? Yeah. Oh, a woman man. who contacted me. Yeah, we're still bros. <laughs> we got a drink together and compare I, I think I would just be like, thank you for the information. Good day. <laughs> She, well, uh, you know, the way she reacted tells me that she's still making excuses for him, that she didn't know about me. And the fact that he quit his job because there's other shit that he's doing means she didn't know about that. So I feel like I did the right thing because she's made a decision to help enable him in all of his deceit and how he treats people. 
and she's basically complicit. <laughs> so oh, that too. And it's a bummer. It's got to suck to live with that. You know, obviously yeah. she's coming from a place of hurt. Yeah. Is it really like, that's another thing that I've learned about my job and I keep talking about is like the lengths that people will go to, to deny the reality of the situation that mm-hmm. they're, and it's just like, <laughs> I think it's like the stupid cartoon of the dog with the coffee cup and everything's on fire. And it's like, everything's fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. So um, instead of him so, lying and shit, I'm, I'm the, you're the I, liar. I'm the liar. You're the bad person. And I yeah. did feel, I mean, it's a thing. It's definitely a feeling to be like, I'm about to give someone some information that could ruin their day. Maybe well, they're weak or longer. Well, you know, you got to think too, how hard that must be for as well. It's like, I guess maybe a, having been a women's studies major and being a self-proclaimed feminist or whatever that stands by it that's that's also like has fallen into this very like stand by your man like traditional subservient kind of Mm -hmm. dynamic in her relationship Mm -hmm. well i'm glad i dodged a bullet yeah knowing enough about him now what a turd what a turd so can you read a brief unsolicited letter so this was in response to a it's a a video i did for this production company barcroft tv it's on youtube but it's basically uh, a feature on my life as a parent and a sex worker Uh, i'm assuming this is what someone commented on youtube they they sent this to me directly from an instagram with zero posts zero followers and zero friends so they created it child protective services think about this you need a wake-up call well as somebody who comes into contact with child protective services a lot To be fair, I think they're overzealous in a lot of scenarios, but being a dancer and a stripper has never, ever been basis for taking someone's children away um, just on its own. Yeah, not on its own, but it's been a mitigating factor in whether or not someone gets custody of their children in custody struggles. That is true. Yes. Um, But as far as just take, uh, you know, CPS coming in and taking your kids away, they can't do that. No your dancer but yeah i mean a good lawyer a good lawyer and a good cast custody battle is gonna paint you to be like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you went to a sex club where was your child you're a loose woman with no morals who stays out all night drinking and having sex with strange men yeah that's, and women and women uh. um yeah sorry sorry anonymous person but you're you know you're wrong yeah um, <laughs> cps if, doesn't give a shit about that they no. care about you know maybe if your kid has like Looks like they've had cigarettes put out on them or like, I don't know. Well, if they're going to come, if really they were going to come to the my home and do a walkthrough, they would look to be like, is it clean? Like, do, is there signs of neglect? Probably does the dog seem terrified of me? I don't know. <laughs> like they're looking for signs right. of abuse. <laughs> Let's do some listener questions. Can we talk about sleep sex or sex somnia? I've not found very much research on it other than it's more common for people who sleepwalk as children. I've been with the same partner on and off for about a decade, and we have had many nights where I've woken up in the middle of the night in sexual activity and thought she was waking me up with touch or oral sex. Afterwards, she usually asks if I remember initiating it, which I don't, or she says I was asleep when it started. She also says I'm more aggressive, which she likes. Uh, parentheses, we regularly engage in kink, so are comfortable with it and have communication about do's and don'ts. She tells me she's not worried about it, but it's still a point of anxiety for me because I don't want to sexually assault or traumatize anyone, especially someone I know and love. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this guy's right. There's not a lot on uh, sexomnia. 
apparently a doctor named J. Paul Federoff, a Canadian guy, coined the term in 1996, so, so it's about still 20 one. years ago. Um the, the pros listed to sexomnia is that people who experience it tend to be more assertive when they're asleep. So like in this question, he said that his wife used the word aggressive, which people use sometimes when they mean assertive. Right. Um, I had an experience with this a couple weeks ago, actually. So I was so happy to see this question. I woke up to B's ass, ass, I'm sorry, B's face in my ass, like licking my ass. And going down on me in general. And it felt great. And we ended up going to the penis and vagina. So he came. uh, I came. It was 4.45 in the morning. I was like, what just happened? And we talked about it the next morning. And we were both like, oh, my God, that was so great. I said, I've never woken up having sex before. And he said, well, you started rubbing against me in the middle of the night. So I thought you were awake. I said, I wasn't awake. I wasn't awake until you, literally your tongue was on my asshole. And he was like, oh, and he actually got kind of (laughs) scared for the same reason. He's like, I thought you were awake enough to consent to this. Um, So in anything I could find, they say that people, yeah, people who had uh, insomnia when they were kids are more likely to have sexomnia waking issues. They said some of the, ooh, there's one study atypical sexual behavior during sleep this is just one study so i encourage people to look for more uh but this was published in 2002 they studied 11 subjects who underwent clinical evaluation of complaints of sleep-related atypical behavior complaints included violent masturbation sexual assaults and continuous and loud sexual vocalizations during sleep one case was a medical legal case so they kept sleep logs, uh, evaluations, questionnaires, structured psychiatric interviews, polysomnography. So there's all kinds of measurement methods. Uh, they, the results of this study was that these atypical sexual behaviors were associated with feelings of guilt, shame, and depression. Depression is one that I kept seeing. Depression mm-hmm. and anxiety is one that I kept seeing. A lot of the advice for if you are struggling with sexomnia or worried about it is to um, have a healthier sleep cycle. It says for some people, even just laying next to someone or jostling in the night and feeling a body might be enough to arouse them. Uh, I mean, in their subconscious. I've been in lots of relationships where that's happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know? Right. Um, even that, and though, and to be honest, though, it makes me very weird. That's why, like, now I don't share beds with male friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just like, oh, we're grown ups. We can have our own beds. Like, not only does your snoring bother me, but hey, some people get grabby in the night, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's, and they might not actually be aware of it. So, because of these feelings, patients and bed partners often tolerated the abnormal behavior for long periods of time without seeking medical attention. Um, they found that some of these sleep disorders were found in some of these folks. Sleep disordered breathing, stage three to four non-rapid eye movement, sleep parasomnias, um, basically it sounds like your brain's not relaxing <laughs> um these findings were concurrent with morning amnesia so not remembering 
so they said that clonazepam was one of the things that was introduced uh, or an antidepressant or anti-epileptic medications required in specific cases. So in general, they said that feelings of guilt and shame and anxiety make this worse. So it's great that you and your partner are talking about it. If you would like, um, it's been suggested before that if you want to remember your dreams more, you should write them down. If you want to remember the sex you're having in the middle of the night, maybe if you wake up and you're having it, just write it down, maybe. Even just be like, date, had sex, it was nice. You know, like, don't make it, it's not a, you're not logging anything bad, but like, oh, I had this awesome wake up time, turn it into, reframe it, basically. If you and your partner are both like, yeah, that was weird, but it felt good, which is how B and I felt, um, then just give yourself permission to enjoy it. And I wonder if that will take some of the anxiety away. Uh, and the best thing you can do going forward when you cohabitate or sleep with anyone uh, that you're close enough to, again, you don't want to, if you're like bed sharing, if there's a friend who says to you, Jen, I've had sexomnia issues in the past, then that would probably be reasonable that you'd both agree that you would sleep in separate beds or if you can't, you're like, thanks for telling me. Right. I guess. <laughs> or I don't know. Or if you're some, like really into your partner, like I am right now, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but just tell, tell your partner or tell someone you're thinking of partnering with like, hey, the same thing that you said here in question, like, have you ever woken up having sex and not remembered starting it? It kind of worries me. It's probably more common than you think. Probably. I'm surprised there's not more research probably well i mean if it's a common occurrence between couples and it doesn't bother them then who's reporting right so good times so question number two my last pregnancy was several years ago there were a number of complications and the pregnancy was high risk Um, because of that i didn't have sex or orgasms for a whole duration of the pregnancy and after the cesarean and for a year afterwards, I had continued to have some relationship and health issues, which also stressed me to the point of having zero libido. Zero libido. Basically, I didn't have sex, partnered, or solo for close to two years. Before this, I had a pretty active sex drive and sex life. When I started to get my libido back, I noticed how different my vagina felt. I started doing kegels again, which was like starting from scratch. I could barely move the muscles. Over time, that's gotten better, but I still notice differences deeper within me. It still feels like doing Kegels is addressing the muscles at the very opening of the vagina, and further inward, it feels very slack and hollow, for a better word. I don't think of it as a loose vagina, but it wasn't like this before my vaginal childbirth. I still enjoy sex, but it's really difficult to feel anything sometimes. And of course, since there's room for air, it can get noisy and embarrassing. I know queefs are normal, but this is a lot. <laughs> Any advice for things I can do to work on this? My OBGYN just said, this stuff happens, but didn't really have an explanation or solution. Oh my God. Sorry, I'm imagining just some like male doctor with a mustache just being like, this stuff happens. <laughs> Next time we'll give you an extra stitch, you know? Oh my God. Like yeah, as if that would help. <laughs> like, <sighs> so interestingly enough, remember when I was talking about penises and vaginas being similar, this is not exactly to the question, but there's more uh, nerve, nerve endings towards the tip of the penis, the head of the penis, the frenulum, like the corona, all that stuff. 
Um, as you get further down the shaft, there's less nerve ending. Luckily, that is also the case for vaginas. Um, I say luckily because it might hurt even more to get deep dicked if you had more nerve ending. <laughs> you know how sometimes your cervix hurts the next day because oh, you got yeah. rammed so much, oh, but yes. at the time you couldn't really feel it. That's a big problem for me. Mm. So there's more nerve endings at the entrance of your vagina. Um, I don't know how the muscles are situated, but your pudendal nerve is again something everybody has. And I'm not a doctor, but I strongly suggest you see a physiotherapist who has a special experience in this area. So look for a pelvic floor therapist. So see a physiotherapist, see a pelvic floor specialist, therapist, uh, see what they think. It could be something like doing yoga or Pilates, um, because if you want to strengthen your core muscles, that's going to help. Otherwise, keep doing your kegels. Uh, there could be something, honestly, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I do, I've done Pilates, yoga Pilates once a week or more for the last so many years. And I feel like even just doing squats sometimes, if you're fully activating your pelvic floor and your pelvic bowl, um, can really help just keep your awareness. Pelvic bowl. I prefer that to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I would watch that on TV. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Uh, all right. Question three. You want to learn? The, you want to read the last <laughs> so one? So hokey. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who was it? That was so bad. <laughs> that was great. Read the last question, please. <laughs> How much pee drinking is safe? Receiving it in the ass. Thoughts? Dude, there's been ton. Like that's like the porn thing right now. Pee in the ass. Pee in the ass. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. All right. There's just or maybe it's I don't know what's up with my algorithms, but that's what <laughs> it's just what's up porn with your porn. Keeps trying to show me down the side, and I'm like, okay, well, good. Then that's this not can a be helpful. priest, unless a priest is peeing into someone's ass. I Jen's don't exploring care. her um, exactly. Catholic being... guilt yep. kinks. I love it. Uh, I don't know. I asked Dr. Evelyn Dacker. Uh, she has a great consent and boundaries, bullet points, prompt, make time for the talk.com. So she said, it depends on how much they swallow. 95% of urine is water, but it does have urea, which is a toxic substance that breaks down to ammonia. There can also be other toxic waste products, hormones, proteins, and metabolites. If someone is swallowing or absorbing a liter of urine a day, then it could be dangerous. But if it's a liter a month, probably not. A liter is a lot. That is a lot. It's kind of a lot. Uh, taking it in the rectum would probably result in an enema effect, and so less would be absorbed. So you're holding it in, then you're pushing it out, because it's not like swallowing it. Right. Um, since 95% of it is water, there isn't really significant concern unless, again, someone is doing this on a daily or very regular basis. In that case, they should get their electrolytes and kidney functions checked regularly. You know, I was reading something about, um, reading a little article about urine play the other day, and I don't know if how, how I felt. I mean, honestly, like, I've just been, like, falling down this, like, weird sex hole and, like, reading everything I can mm. about it. But one of the things... Delicious. That, yeah, right? Um, so one of the things that surprised me, I, I guess, because you always hear people say that, like, oh, urine is sterile. Mm. not true mm -hmm. they were like this is a big misconception urine definitely does have like waste and like all 
sorts of I think it's like stuff can come baby out in pee it. is sterile like an well, infant baby everything yeah is like jeez I think yeah I mean baby pee can be sterile and I remember reading that a infant's rectum can be free of bacteria for the first like 24 hours it's born which I don't fucking know how that's possible because my baby shit everywhere immediately after she came out <laughs> so. um I mean everyone you should know I mean anyone who's out of UTI and has looked at what came out knows that urine isn't sterile when it's like cloudy and gross well, you don't waste. know what's hanging up yeah yeah so hanging out in there so if i uh, expect i'm gonna do any pee play i drink a lot of water dilute okay. it drink a lot of water dilute it because you're getting less waste yeah oh you know that thing where you like drank the night before and like didn't drink water and you take that first piss in the morning and your pee is like dark golden sunset oh, yellow orange god. You're like, oh like, god like, that's all the waste it's not right. diluted <laughs> you don't have any water in you or i'm just like imagining someone that just like ate a bunch of asparagus oh god oh. yeah i don't let people near my pussy and that was the other thing that was really cute the other night she was like oh sorry i didn't you know she's like next time i was like no i'm kind of oniony right now i'm like my pussy's <laughs> really oniony. oniony for me <laughs> uh shrek would like you mm-hmm Hey friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some Nabalm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabalm.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. So welcome back again. If you haven't been following the show where we've been talking about why we don't think you should force, well, I'm sorry, why you should not force strippers to become employees unless they want to. Uh, we've been talking about that for a while. We've been following the California club chains hustler, which I believe is part of Deja Vu, um, Spearmint Rhino. There are others who recently made the switch, forcing all of their dancers to claim their tips as wages. Uh, Amazon actually, an article just came out that Amazon delivery drivers, Amazon might be guilty of this too. It looks like they'll take the customer's tip to the driver and count it as their hourly wage oh yeah interesting so the worker gets less money the company doesn't have to pay them as much i mean if amazon's gonna find a way to fuck you out of some money no they will yeah so that's what bezos does yep so um a oregon bill was introduced about a month or so ago it was called sb 280 I found out about it from someone who works in the Capitol and sent me this bill and said, you want to see this. So it was a Democrat representative woman who I had a meeting with. 
Uh, she sat and listened to my concerns. I was so grateful that I had pages of employee payout receipts from strippers who already have been through this when their clubs forced them to switch in the last few months. They said, why did this woman do $900 in VIP dances time? And she left with 392. So we have the clubs. What happens is they're taking tips and counting it as wages you can enforce more controls on an employee in terms of their conduct or what they look like, what they wear. So what this could look like for a stripper is uh, no bikinis. You all have to wear lingerie that's matching. Your heels have to be six inches. Also go sit on that guy's but lap. You know what I keep coming back to though? is like, we know why it's bad and why it's going to be bad for us. But politicians, they don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck if our job is made harder or what kind of, they think we shouldn't be doing this anyway. I just, I, Sorry, I feel so hopeless about the whole thing. I'm like, they're going to do what they want and whatever is going to make them look best to the bulk of voters. Like, you know, uh, fucking Sally, Swerf Sally, who's sitting at home and is a homeowner and very active in her local whatever, is going to be like, yes, but we're helping those poor women not be trafficked. Mm, and, and, that's, have, and that's who they give a fuck about. Not and, us and not if we're actually safe. Yeah, and I have something to definitely say about uh, that in a second. But this representative took my concerns and she said, wow, this bill had some real unintended consequences of making live entertainers employees. Um, I also pointed out that there was a, an aspect to the bill that would create a registry where the entertainers would keep their legal information on file with a bureau. <laughs> get, and guess you could get a hold of that. The government, Me. anyone. You as a PI. That's right. Oh, uh, shit. I bet I could find out a way to subpoena for that somehow if I could use it to make you look bad for something. Yeah. I so mean, we had we had women that were like, I'm in a therapy program or a law program or a nursing thing. I don't want to be on a registry. Um, and let's not pretend that clubs already don't enforce ridiculous controls and steal workers' tips because they do. But employee status just legalizes it more i mean not it enforces it more um and no one's going to advocate for us so thank god we have this show and thank you to everyone who gave their feedback to be like don't do this uh strippers are telling me they're leaving their state they're moving out of california i got a message from a woman in maryland who said imagine my surprise my club just handed me this representative taylor who sponsored the bill said we're gonna we're gonna stop it we will not proceed but unfortunately, she had had this cockamamie idea that it would reduce trafficking because she told the story of these women in a different part of the state who had been trafficked by their family members and forced to work in strip clubs and sell, you know, forced to sell sex. And she said, what would I tell women like this who come to me and tell me their victim stories? Like, what do I do? And I said, well, this bill wouldn't have done anything for them because their families trafficked them. Right. <laughs> like, Why don't we just make families illegal? Yeah. So there's that. There's like the oversight that happens. And then one last thing, and we can end on this. Uh, you said that the women who pretend to care, they don't really care. So there's a book. I'm really cynical. No. At this point. You're I'm just right. like, and it sucks because I'm like, this is my party, right? Like Oregon, if you're not in Oregon, like we've got like a super, a dem super majority. We are, we are so fucking blue here at least in the big cities mm -hmm. but we've got control of everything and i tell you what it hurts and it feels like a betrayal to have the people that are on my side who i vote for fucking attacking me frankly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's how it feels and mm -hmm. it just reminds me that it's like cool 
Like Jeff Merkley, you know, who voted for FOSTA. Right? When you have, I mean, fucking A, man. Dems are still the party of the middle class, and it's, like, always reminding me that it doesn't matter how respectable I come become in some areas. Like, I'll never be one of them. <laughs> so on that you know? note, and you're totally right, there's a book that I was gifted some years ago by another sex worker. It's called An Affair of the Mind. One Woman's Courageous Battle to Salvage Her Family from the Devastation of Pornography by Lori Hall. This woman, uh, this is a Christian woman. She published this book in 1996. She hates porn. She hates masturbation. Um, Seems like she hates gay people. She definitely hates sex workers. So I would like to read a part from the beginning of the book. She sounds delightful. I'd love to have a beer with her. (laughs) She was born eight years before my mother. And I just think about how how different their lives must be. Uh, So this is from part of the intro to this book. Before Playboy magazine hit the newsstands in 1954, sexually explicit pictures were not readily available to mainstream America. Sure, if a guy went to the sleazy part of town and knew where to look, he could find some dirty pictures. That's all they were, though, dirty pictures. No one pretended they were anything more. The pictures weren't surrounded by highbrow articles for young professionals, articles that made looking at naked women just one more perk on the corporate ladder. And while they appealed to prurient interests, the dirty pictures from the seamy side of town were without context and didn't pretend relationship. There were no multi-page stories showing the centerfold of the month's academic and professional achievements or her close family relationships. Playboy's approach took porn to new levels of acceptability. Men came to believe that looking at Playboy centerfolds wasn't the same as using a prostitute. It was getting to know the girl next door or maybe the one at the desk across the aisle. This wasn't using women. This was enjoying them. She's really pissed that we're like not being used. She would prefer you use your women in the dirty part of town and they not have names and faces and families. Right, jerk off into them and then throw them in the wastebasket. And then yes. so. Isn't that interesting? God, that's so weird and fucked up. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I'm like, I feel like she could really benefit from the show. From... <laughs> from leaving her poor husband alone letting him masturbate in peace wouldn't right. you jack off if you were married to that maybe she really wants to be used like it sounded Phoenix. like it i mean well, honestly which is great so do i fucking i, I mean yeah it's dude, hot rip me open i mean maybe not she's really just not but, have maybe the problem is with her husband maybe this woman's just never been fucked good by that man and just well, needs to feel like an object there's a Sometimes lot of prayer there's a lot of prayer suggestion there it is really fun to be oh a lot of oh, there, oh, really it's, it's rich with <laughs> prayer su- <laughs> no no it's it's wild um her her husband she does she says that masturbation is selfish because it turns you inward oh i tell you what i i'm gonna borrow this book and and integrate this into some of my fucking religious fucking role playing I'm gonna be doing in my relationship. Do you think that's like what she intended it for? Because I bet I can make it very sexy. Of course not, but I give yeah. you full permission. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Hey, good season. Uh, we have one more episode after this. Be sure to stay in touch with us. Pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter.
And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com. 